The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. That's the car I drove growing up, and I couldn't have asked for a more reliable vehicle. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats, ooh la la, and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you're listening to this episode in May or June of 2022, you can still get tickets to our first ever virtual live show celebrating Sounds Like a Cult's one year anniversary. It's going to be a ton of fun and attendees will have access to buy products from our very first merch collection. Uh, Very cute stuff in there. Get info and tickets at momenthouse.com slash sounds like a cult. This is Sounds Like a Cult, a show about the modern-day cults we all follow. I'm Amanda Montel, author of the book Cultish, The Language of Fanaticism. I'm Issa Medina, and I'm a comedian. Every week on our show, we discuss a different fanatical fringe group from the zeitgeist, from essential oils lovers to theater kids, to try and answer the big question. This group sounds like a cult, but is it really? To join our cult and see culty memes and behind-the-scenes pics, follow us on Instagram at Sounds Like a Cult Pod. I'm on Instagram at Issa Medina, I-S-A-A-M-E-D-I-N-A-A. And I'm on Instagram at Amanda underscore Montel. And feel free to check us out on YouTube where you can watch our beautiful show or hit us up on Patreon at patreon.com slash soundslikeacult where episodes are available at free. Today, we are here with a very special guest to talk about the cult of 12-step programs, comedian J.F. Harris. (gasps) What's up? <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you? Audio. I was just pointing at the camera, and then I realized this is a audio medium. So yeah, I, yeah. There is a video medium, and yeah, we yeah, encourage yeah. people to engage with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get in our YouTube cult. Yeah. We're almost yeah. at a thousand subscribers. Ooh, we oh, we surpassed baby. it. Really? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Congratulations. Our Thank audio you. numbers are much better for those listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless you want to keep listening because it's like niche, then our audio numbers are tiny. Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> we this is a very underground. Like you're getting in on this early. I yeah. want everyone to know that they drove here in. Uh, they both had a Bentley. That yeah. They, that they towed uh, towed in a Rolls Royce. Yeah. <laughs> Would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Hello, I am stand-up comedian J.F. Harris. Uh, I'm a stand-up comic. You may have seen me on. The Late Late Show with James Corden or Bill Burr's The Ringers on Comedy Central. I just put out an hour special with All Things Comedy, the network that your guys' podcast is on. Yeah, and it's really funny. You guys should watch it. It's so good. I met you for the first time here. At ATC. At, at ATC. The studio. And we were brainstorming how we could get you on the pod. And the first thing that you said was Cult of 12-Step programs. Yeah. And I gasped because we've been trying to find a guest for this topic, but it's hard because you can't just go up to people and be like, are you an yeah. addict? Yeah. yeah. Are you, are you sober? Are you sober? You, probably, you seem like you, you should look be. Like you, you look like you should be. You, it looks like you need help yeah. like in many ways. But yeah. you brought it up. Yeah, because I'm very openly sober. I talk about it in my comedy and stuff like that, and I've been sober for a long time. And often people assume that 12-step is a cult of some form. Yeah. shape or matter well the funny thing is that um the entire thesis for my book cultish which is about the language of cults from scientology all the way to souls i go buy it wherever books are sold or whatever um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> got that pitch that elevator pitch is tight thanks so much but um it was entirely inspired by a conversation i had with a very very good friend of mine who had started going to aa and this was like my dear, dear friend who I could communicate with without words whatsoever. And all of a sudden she was speaking in that very distinctive AA vernacular mm, with yeah. the buzzwords and the acronyms. Yeah. And it just seemed incredibly culty. It was obviously working for good because it was keeping her sober. But I was like, I have to write a book about the way that cult language works for good and for ill. It was yeah. all inspired by AA. That's did, awesome. Did she like 
not tell you like you kind of had to figure it out yourself when she started going to she told me after she had been going for many months and this was my best friend but you know addiction can be quite secretive yeah when i got sober most people were like you but like the part they didn't see was like all the drinking by myself yeah i would go out and drink with friends or other comedians and then just i was the guy who was always keeping everyone up until six in the morning yeah yeah yeah, we know we know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> we all. Ha- I mean, we all can probably think back to college or to our adulthood to someone who is probably an addict. I didn't realize until like recently, with like personal experiences, that like it really is like addiction, or at least like alcoholism specifically, is really a disease. You can see how there are different people who drink the same, but it affects some people differently, wildly differently. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like I'm, I'm the kind of drunk that. If I have, I can go a day or two without drinking or whatever. But once I have one drink, I never know how many I'm going to have. Yeah. It wasn't uncommon for me to just be like, let's party all night. Yeah. Right. Obviously, there are so many culty rituals and power dynamics in 12-step programs. Like the serenity prayer to. Yeah. uh, Well, a lot (laughs) of it came from a group uh, in, we'll say for Alcoholics Anonymous specifically, uh, it came from a group called the Oxford Group. Mm-hmm. which is a group that like formed tangentially. No, that's not how you say tangentially. it. Tangentially. Yeah. She's yeah. the word girl. Yeah. Through, through, <laughs> uh, it's like a religious group. And then they yeah. kind of broke up because they didn't like having a bunch of foul mouth cigarette smoking uh, troublemakers around. That sounds like the reason a band would break up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were like, they like broke up the band. These guys seem too cool. We got to go do our nerd thing over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they talk about the origins of the 12-step programs that you may or may not be in? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll say I'm in a 12-step program. I'm not going to say which one, but I know for Alcoholics Anonymous, they do. Yeah, it's all in the like the book. The it's big a, book. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. They have all that stuff in there. So there's different 12-step programs. So if you have a, if you uh, have a problem with food, there's OA. If you have a problem with sex and love, there's SLAW. If you have a problem with drugs, there's Narcotics Anonymous, NA. And then if you have problems with alcohol, there's Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Let's talk like right off the bat about what you think are some of the culty aspects of 12-step programs, either in good ways or in bad ways. Uh, I, well, I will say... Um... In good ways, uh, it gives you a structure and a form of living that helps you learn how to be an adult and like handle adult things in adult ways. Before I was in a 12-step, I was definitely a, like an active alcoholic and child. <laughs> yeah. You know? It taught me how to like grow up and be a person who could like face life on life's terms and not like hide and duck from everything through like yeah. booze. That's culty in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, they give you like structure. Structure. Yeah. yeah. And like you see, you get to meet other people who've been through hard things and you learn a way of living of like keeping your side of the street clean or like getting into prayer and meditation, like yeah. things like that, which yeah. some people might say is culty, but also at the same time, you don't have to believe in anything. Like that same thing we keep saying of like, the good version of cults is like, because it, it kind of tells you how to live. It takes yeah. that weight off your shoulders because you're like, okay, oh, these are the steps I need to follow and like kind of takes your mind off going in all, all different directions. Well, yeah, because life is profoundly chaotic Extremely. and there really is no structure out of the gate. And so when a group can provide you with rituals like, oh, you get a chip every milestone of sobriety that yeah. you meet. And like, this is what we say at the beginning of every meeting, like yeah, that can provide some solace. Yeah, in the beginning and when young people are, or new people are getting sober, despite the age, you, you're supposed to do like a 90 and 90. What does that mean? Uh, 90 meetings in 90 days. Oh, wow. So yeah. meeting every day yeah, for the first it's like 90 days. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. like you have to go it's to a very, mic like every day. Yeah. It's like if you want it. And, you know, they say things like, how often were you drinking and using? It's like, well, that's probably how often you should be going to oh, meetings. Oh, wow. Because you're replacing a bad habit with a good habit, replacing like your alcoholic barfly friends with your new sober friends. That makes sense. That's like why people who leave cults often like end up in like another type of cult. Cult hopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that for sure. (laughs) It's literally. Yeah, I got a Peloton. (laughs) You do exactly. I I have a a, a iPad with the Peloton app strapped to a spin bike. I got sober December twenty fifth, two thousand twelve. I'm a Christmas Mazel baby. Tov? What do you say? I'm a Christmas baby. <laughs> okay. um, had a rough Christmas Eve. Uh, rebirth. You're using yeah, the language yeah. of rebirth. Yeah. yeah I, 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 was, I was born again on 
on Jesus's birthday. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a 12-step. I got a sponsor. I got three sponsees. I, like, do the thing. I work. Wow. I do stuff on, like, the board level. Do you feel like being involved helps you kind of, like, stay sober? Sober? 100%. So, like, it's because of doing work in, like, a 12-step program that, like, I volunteer pretty regularly where I work at a food kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. I do stuff that's outside of myself because I work, learn through the program, uh, that the best way to get outside of yourself is by helping other people. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, which is so true. Yeah, so I that's what I do, you know? And so um, in the 12-step programs, it's a triangle for uh, some of them, and it's the three sides of the triangle stand for unity, service, recovery, mm-hmm. and they each are a different part, and, like, you're supposed to do all three parts because, like, a table can't stand with two uh, legs. Oh yeah. my God. See, these are the sayings yeah. that I'm talking about. Like, yeah. It really is this incredibly robust, built out religion, 12 step program. Yeah, because yeah, it's, except it's not a religion because it's not a religious program. It's well, a spir- define religion. It's a spiritual program. Yeah. And it even, even says that in the book. The whole point is it's like, oh, you don't believe in God? Good. Most of us don't either. Yeah. Or it's like, you don't believe in this. It's like everything's, uh, the program is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess like on this podcast, we interrogate like, what is a cult? What is yeah, a religion yeah. even? Can a religion be secular actually? Yeah. Like what is the difference between a culture, a social clique, a cult, a yeah. religion? You know? I think the idea of saying it's more of a culture makes a little, it's a spiritual program that's like goes along like the How cultural How do you define lines. that spiritual program? Uh, in like 12 step programs, steps one, two, and three are about quitting drinking and drugging, and the rest are about how to live your life in like a more spiritual way. Yeah. And I kind of don't think too much about it. I just think to myself, like, okay, I don't believe in like God, God, but there's like, here's one of those a- acronyms you're going to love G- uh, good orderly direction yes. for God. So I just think about like, if there was like a higher power, a spiritual being, like what best version of myself would that want me to be? And then I like good orderly direction, just kind of walk in that version. Yeah. In that direction. So funny. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I don't no, know no, no. That shouldn't be funny. <laughs> but I think that's so... hilarious. It is. No, but I think that's so funny because you're like, well, if there was a God, but like yeah. you're, you're, but like you're acting like there is, but like you believe that there isn't. So like you're I believe allowing, that, I, believe, I don't know. Here, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you believe in God. You just got to believe that you're not God. Okay. <laughs> is that a phrase or did you coin that? Uh, I, yeah. I think I've heard other people say that or maybe I said it, but like. And ultimately that's true because God is a woman. God is a woman. So you're definitely, I'm definitely not God. God. definitely not yeah. you. Yeah. I, honestly, I think God would probably be a they. I think it would be gender yeah, neutral. Yeah, gender neutral. Gender neutral. God is such Yeah, and I believe vibes. in like quantum physics i'm very much a science person i grew up with science so it's like it's just all cells and atoms we're all connected yeah so whatever that is is god and physics can get really spiritual i mean like einstein's theory of space time it's like we're all all of time exists at once like that's pretty i can't even look at the stars for more than 15 minutes (laughs) without having a panic yeah (laughs) so i've been to my fair share of aa meetings just like crashing with my friend and i love going because that's called an open meeting an open meeting yeah you don't they're not always open they're not sometimes they're closed okay yeah yeah so i go to open meetings and i love going because it just feels like going to a moth story slam. It's like yeah. the best fucking stories yeah. go down. Uh, in there. It's mostly laughing. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. If you're going to fun meetings, I mean, I've been to like meetings in sad places. But yeah. If you're in, in like a New York or an L.A. or something <gasps> like that, it's like you're going to meet a lot of people with like a lot of time who are like pretty chill and pretty fun. Do you think people in L.A. are performative in AA meetings? I've seen people be super. Pro- I've seen people in every city or in the because yeah. I've gone to meeting twelve step meetings all over. Like the country. Yeah. And you have your, what's it called when you sort of like tell your story? Your pitch. Your pitch. Yeah. Your, or your lead. Like if, so like the way a meeting would work is for anyone who's never been to one and is just curious, you go into a meeting, there'll be a bunch of people either in a circle or sitting down. 12 step programs, there's no like leader. Okay. There's no centralized yeah. organization. It's a, not a centralized organization. It's just, uh, it's run by the people who put it together. And yeah. then there's like, suggestive guidelines but yeah even though, that's what i was gonna say is one of the least culty things about it i feel like that yeah, there is no no hierarchy there's no hierarchy there's no financial uh in, like entrance cost ent- there's zero we need you more than we need your money 
Yeah. Uh, there's no money in it's AA. Sort of That's reminds amazing. Me of, uh, in 12 step. Instead of like Soul Cycle, where there are obviously like high costs to attend each class and you have to like sign up for a membership or whatever, it reminds me more of this one workout that I researched a little bit for my book, but that ended up on the cutting room floor called the November Project. Have you heard of that? No, no. but it sounds culty. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's free early morning boot camps that just like volunteers put on. Oh, oh. I may have heard about this. Well, what's funny is that there's almost something like even cultier about that in yeah, a way. Yeah, the fact they're like, it's free. And <laughs> yeah, then you, you have can't to show leave. up at 6 a.m. while it's still dark. <laughs> yeah. There are 12-step meetings at all times of day and night, aren't there? Yeah, 24-7. I mean, if we wanted, we could hop on one on Zoom right now, probably in, anywhere in the world. Whoa. In like I London. join a 12-step program just because I like love Friends? meetings? And... <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> like, I feel like I should... <laughs> I, I often think how I feel bad for people who aren't in them because they don't have like a program for that a community. way to li live yeah. like yeah because like whenever you're like oh my life this that you go into a meeting you hear about somebody who has real problems happening in their life like parents are sick or they're like taking care of like a, si a sick kid or like you know they got you know losing their house lost their job you're just like oh my shit's fine dude yeah. this is what i'm saying about the moth like i remember this one meeting in new york at this huge group where a guy got up there and told a story better than anything i've heard on any true crime podcast about like some people he killed with his bare hands like <gasps> 40 years ago i'm not kidding and he was just talking about like all this crime and hardship and i was like yeah, oh shit. wait Fuck yeah. the man murdered someone and he was not arrested he was he, he spent 20 years in jail oh, including like oh, many he, years in after. solitary confinement oh, yeah. this was like an old dude like irish hell new yeah. york hell yeah brutal my people that's crazy <laughs> is that you i'm irish i'm new york guy but also oh, just scary. like that's a drug you know what i mean like yeah. i i'm like a yeah totally <laughs> yeah like you know it's like i'm friends with people who are heroin addicts who've yeah. like done terrible shit but they've all turned their life around and are like of service to other people and that's like so cool i love people who turn their life around <laughs> i really do i you know sort of like rubberneck at a lot of this language and a lot of these rituals and, yeah, and, the, and we could dive into those yeah, and, and talk about yeah, all of them. but at the same time that i sort of like marvel with wide eyes at the liturgy i say a lot of aa jargon because yeah. it's so catchy and it really does have profound meaning in it. It works yeah. if you work it. It works if you work it. Let go and let God. Yeah. The reason um, I think I would like love an AA meeting is because it's all these people who are like taking action on something. Yeah. And I like love the idea it, it's of It's a program like, of action. Exactly. And like, I used to want to work in policy and because I wanted to like work in human rights. <laughs> oh my God, I always forget this about her. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, LOL, like human rights law is fake and policy is really hard to enact and so i went into something that i could like have actual like you know from start to finish like, dick jokes yeah <laughs> i could write a joke from start to finish yeah. you know, sometimes comedy can be activism right yeah, yeah, totally. i mean i got a six minute chunk on abortion right now that i've been telling for a couple of months and it feels extra important right now yeah i think it's so great that like these people are like taking action on something just the fact that they're in the meeting is already like a step in the right 100%. direction. You respect it. Yeah, you can feel like shit. You walk into one of those about halfway through. Yeah. Your shoulders drop. You feel a little bit better. Yeah. You get a little perspective. You stop doing the mental gymnastics in your head about whatever bullshit you were yeah. thinking about. And then you're just kind of there and present. And then you listen for the next 30 minutes to other people talking and maybe raise your hand and share something what's going on with you something what the speaker nice. or leader was talking about i feel like though i would be bad at it because the same way that when i went vegan for two weeks i told everyone i would like go to an a meeting and i would leave and i'd be like i'm an a <laughs> yeah i get it i would it. like scream it from the mountaintops the which, is, which is part of why you don't say that you're in alcoholics anonymous you would say that you're in a 12-step program okay. or something like that so that if you start drinking again in two weeks, people can go, well, AA clearly doesn't work because right. my friend went and she oh. did it and went out in like two weeks. Uh, went that's out. Smart. That's another piece of terminology. Yeah. When you go out, yeah. it means you're not in AA anymore. You're drinking. You're off the wagon. You're but using... that's pretty interesting. I actually didn't know that that was part of the anonymity that the program doesn't want outsiders to think it doesn't work. I think that's part of it. That's yeah. very interesting. And it's also because no one person is a spokesperson for... Yes. 12-step programs yeah because no one's in charge so like when i'm speaking now i'm speaking from my own experience of being in it but i do not speak in any way shape and form for any 12-step program
Can you talk a little bit more about the 12 steps and yeah. what was your first impression of them? Uh, first impression is like you just hear people talking about them because you're not doing them yet. So someone would be like, I'm on step four and I got to do this thing and it's scary. And you're just like, what is that stuff? But the one that everyone kind of knows about is like making amends. Yeah, yeah. that's the one I yeah, know Which about. is like, se <laughs> yeah, seven. Has anyone made amends to you ever? No, and they should. <laughs> <laughs> they go in order for a reason. There's a reason that mm -hmm. those ones are later on. You like kind of work your way through them. They all seem scary before you do them. And it's just like anything else. Like the sooner you get them done, once they're done, you're just like, oh, that was it. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. They teach you how to like learn how to deal with resentment, to keep your side of the street clean, to, you know, admit when you're wrong, look at who you actually are. What are your character defects? What mistakes do you keep making? Like, how do you like hope to change to let those things go so you can like move on as a person so you don't drink over those things? It's basically like figuring out like, oh, these are all the things that I did why I'm an asshole when I drank. And yeah. these are all my triggers of things that I drink around. So like, I want to work on letting go of those things. Yeah. The way you like phrase it, it really is like teaching someone how to adult almost. Like it's, it's like- It's almost like cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. You know, yeah. where you like are learning how to deal with who you are. And the longer you stay sober, the better of a view on yourself you actually get, like an honest view of like, oh, this is the kind of person I am. Like these are the things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. And most people drink around fear or resentment or anger. For yeah. sure. You know, it's interesting that you were saying it reminds you of uh, like just adulting and you're like it reminds me of cognitive behavioral therapy or community therapy, crowdsource therapy. We'll talk more about the therapy element later. It reminds me when you just listen to it on the surface of like the promises that Scientology makes. Oh, the really? difference, though, is that you absolutely have to abide by Scientology's what they call the bridge to total freedom. That's kind of like their 12 steps, but you don't actually know what the steps are until you get there. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they took some of that stuff. A lot of cults uh, overlap with recovery yeah. programs. The cult my dad was in as a teenager started out as an alternative drug rehabilitation center. Oh, wow. Called Synanon. Scientology has like a like a rehab oh, I'm wing sure. where oh, they like try to get people. Do not go there, anyone listening to this. <laughs> they try to get people in when they're through, weak and down. Yeah. It, it literally like yeah. I mean, addiction is a great thing to exploit if you want to start a cult. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. What happens if you don't do all of the twelve yeah. steps, or you want to question them? Nothing. Right. That's what I think is like. <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, this is like almost anti-cult because there's like no. It's like it's the cultiest anti-cult yeah, ever. Probably, probably the most culty thing you might occasionally hear in a twelve-step meeting is uh, some. Yeah, pe people say I feel like they're trying to brainwash me, and then people say, well, maybe your brain needs washing. Oh, oh that yeah. is culty. Yeah, <laughs> that is. We touched a little bit on like how there's no hierarchy. There's no leadership. There's it's no people leadership. who are in volunteer positions and they're all elected on a like on a group level. In a 12-step meeting, there will be a person who's the chair who like runs the meeting and that person's the chair for six months and then they're voted out and new people are voted in and all the- Oh, so there's a time limit on yeah, how often time limit, someone can be the chair? Yeah, time limit six months for every position. Like if you're the person with a coffee commitment, you got that commitment for six months and then you're Wait, out. that is so interesting because the next question I was gonna ask is if there was like a power dynamic between newcomers and oldcomers. No, and you try to give newcomers like positions as soon as they walk through the door. like. Okay. You're new, you want to give them responsibility to like give them something to do, to give them like self-confidence and value in themselves. Do you think that people who have been in the program for longer kind of do it in a way that's like passive aggressive or like is there any, ever any like Every feeling of like I'm better than you? No, I wouldn't think so because most people will talk about how the newcomers have the most to bring to a meeting. Because okay. like newcomers will come and they'll talk about the, the fucking shit that they just went through to finally get in there. Where like a lot of people who've been in there a long time are just like laughing and having a good time telling stories and like a newcomer will talk and they'll be like, yeah, I'm happy they shared about that because I need to remember what it was like when I came in so that I don't go back out. Yeah. I'm curious about the sponsor-sponsee dynamic. Yeah. Because obviously that is so intimate when someone is sort of like shepherding you through your yeah. sobriety. Yeah, you're reading somebody a list of like your character defects or sexual 
shit that you regret yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can you talk about like what that relationship is like and what I would mean, happen if you didn't like your sponsor anymore and you wanted you to sort of fire him? Oh, you, how does that work? <laughs> you just go, I'm going to, I think I'm going to work with somebody new. Nothing's official. You know, you yeah. don't sign yeah. a contract. What about for people who are like really socially awkward or like don't like confrontation? Like, is there like an established thing in the beginning that everyone tells like hey if you don't like your sponsor like you can just leave them and it's no harm no foul yeah it's just kind of no rules i mean there there are suggestions and there are the steps that are like the closest things to rules but they're not even rules they're suggestions yeah have you ever heard sorry we're asking the tough i know i just because it's like your answers are very healthy no you can grill me I'm, i'm just like so curious because i've seen my very close friend have nothing but a positive experience with aa but I have had some people, a lot of people actually DM us being yeah. like, you have to cover this topic because I had this experience in a 12 step. Yeah. Then they probably just went to a shitty meeting and I would suggest going to a different meeting. Word. That's the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car like a legendary Camry. That's the car I drove growing up, and I couldn't have asked for a more reliable vehicle. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats, ooh la la, and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Come and join me for the cultiest event of the season. Oh, hey, it sounds like a cult host Amanda here to invite you this April to New York, Boston, and Philly, where I'm putting on a culty variety show that you are not gonna wanna miss. This show, Cult Gathering Extravaganza, features guest appearances from the cult-followed podcasters behind normal gossip, petty crimes, love letters, and strange customs, plus drag burlesque performances, a musical guest, exclusive merch, a meet and greet, and more. And this just in, for the New York event, use the code CULTMAGIC, no spaces, at checkout for 10% off your ticket. A copy of my new book is also included in the price. It's going to be a hootenanny. Recruit your friends. Ticket links can be found at the link in our Instagram bio at Sounds Like a Cult Pod or on our website, soundslikeacult.com. True. There were meetings in LA that you, you couldn't pay me to go to because the people who were in them were fucking nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you go and everyone's <laughs> like self-centered and weird and like, yeah, like not really working what I would consider to be like a healthy spiritual program. Yeah. And I don't want anything to do with those people. I go to where I feel like people are grounded, helpful, happy, positive community. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's so important to like remind yourself that these are non-binding meetings of like random people who on an individual level are still going to act individual like people like people and, and so sometimes like, people are toxic yeah and so like yeah if especially there's... a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean you're not gonna not everyone's gonna be like the fairy godmother yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not you're not buddha you're not you know the dalai lama it's like you most of us are closer to fucking retired rock stars you know what i mean like, yeah so anyone who tries to make it seem like they are all-knowing is probably just oh, someone fuck, you have to that, distance that's yourself from. I, you know they say when you're looking for a sponsor look for somebody who has what you want look at anybody who's like a clean comedian who pretends to be holier than now but then in their off stage life is a fucking monster you mm-hmm. know what i mean like mm-hmm. anybody who acts holier than now is like oh fuck that person yeah. yeah. It's a simple program for complicated people. I actually can't tell what would be more culty if 12-step programs had an official leader keeping everything organized and on the books or the setup that exists now where each group is just run by volunteers in a program who are all abiding by its suggestions. I think that kind of speaks to the larger question of how much order versus freedom do we want in any given group? Like what structure lends itself to the least harmful type of cult? It's just an interesting question that I don't think anyone 
ever has the perfect answer to. In the beginning, or not even that long ago, addiction was seen not as a disease, it was seen as a moral failing. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. connected to the religious aspect too. Yeah. It's like, you need to just find Jesus. Yeah. And so I think AA emerged to fill like this very real need to treat addicts like they were actual humans who were not profoundly defective. But it's just interesting that 12-step programs are like kind of the only mainstream way to go about addiction. Yeah, well, there are other things. There's like smart recovery, which I don't really know much about. And there's like, you know, not all rehabs are 12-step based and stuff like that. There are places you can go and whatever works for you, fucking do it. Like, yeah. if you need to get sober, get sober. You don't got to go to a 12-step program. I know people who aren't in 12-step and live in pretty good lives and fucking great. It's just, this is what works for me, so I do it. Yeah, word. yeah. It is like inherently religious. The aspect about confessing, it kind of reminds me of when you like go to church and you... um. What do you, you admit to the dude in the box that you did all yeah, this stuff? Confession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Catholic. I Me mean, too. There, there's, yeah. something, there's something confessional about going to a meeting and having to sort of lay bare all of your traumas and misdeeds. But you also but it don't does make have you to. feel better. But you also Th- don't have that's to. That's the other oh, thing, yeah. too. You're not required to like participate in any way. Like, you don't have to share. You don't have to like talk to anyone else while you're there. You can go and just listen. You don't have to get a sponsor. Literally, the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop doing drugs and drinking. Yeah. There's two things when it comes to the science of it. Uh, one, early on, there's this dude. It's in the beginning of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. There's a letter by this guy, Dr. Silkworth, who basically d- describes like the genetic predisposition to alcohol. So that, I think, for a lot of alcoholics yeah. is super comforting to know that Liberating. it's not, not a moral failing. I'm not a piece of shit. So like, I'm dyslexic. And I'm not a piece of shit for being dyslexic. I just have a cognitive brain disorder in the same way that I'm not a piece of shit for being an alcoholic and an addict. We're all pieces yeah. of shit for many other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Irish. Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of mine. Mm, I'm perfect. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also like love the way that you're going about answering our questions. You're like not defensive at all. You're just like, I feel like if it was it's not mine to be defensive exactly like if it was culty I feel like you would be getting more like heated whereas like you're just like chilling being like well actually this you can leave whenever you want like (laughs) yeah you you don't have to choose a new sponsor you don't have to do anything you can go out and do more research you can drink whenever and do drugs whenever you want yeah and you're always welcome back (laughs) you know but it's it's I want to go it's hilarious (laughs) because it's like culty and not culty all at the same time it's structured from a religious program yeah but it's not a religious program it's a spiritual program it really is like if cults were good like (laughs) honestly like that's the vibe that i'm getting kind of how i feel about it too (laughs) yeah there are always going to be people who have a negative experience with any given group but what would you say like if anything are the exit costs of leaving because there's such a profound D- d- right. Well, okay. okay, there we go. But We're getting then, to but it. But then you said that it's possible to stay sober and live a decent life without, without being. Without I, I 100% it. think it's possible to stay sober and live a life without a 12 step program. I just know a lot of people who've drank themselves to death yeah. or overdosed on like fentanyl. How does it work if someone is like, oh, I want to leave? Like, you guys don't say anything to them. They just. Nobody shoot. tells you. They just stop coming. Okay. So you might be like, you still might like throw a text like, hey, haven't seen you in a while. How are you? But people ghost you, they disappear. I've had sponsees who've like went out and I've never heard from them again. And I don't know if they're alive or dead. And yeah. that's just how it is. What yes. if someone does tell you like, I'm thinking of leaving? Like, is there- I have a friend who's still sober, not in the program anymore. He was like, I don't think it's for me. And it's like, cool. Like, it's just cool. Like, do what you got to do. Like, you're not yeah, trying to convince not, them to stay. No, it's, they got to live their life. Yeah. You know, it's not my job to make somebody- stay sober when you look at all president president. but it's funny because when you look at all of the aspects of 12-step programs it seems mother fucking culty but every addict i know is this chill about it yeah (laughs) yeah because it's not you know none of us are in charge of it yeah and it's what works for you and how you work it how long have you been in a 12-step nine years nine years so i feel like the longer you've been in it i feel like the more you've seen. You've seen people come in and out, and yeah, so you kind m- of are indifferent to other people's experiences in that you're like, it's up to everyone. Yeah, and also like my, like you realize that it, for everyone, it's their own individual journey inside of it. 
Well, we've been mentioning throughout all of the fantastic jargon that exists within yeah, AA. For it's sure. all so catchy. The cultiest phrases in 12-step programs for me are are the phrases that they use to get you to sort of like just trust the process. Things like yeah. it works if you work it or when something goes wrong, just like call your sponsor. Or there are phrases like AA is perfect. People are imperfect. AA never fails. People fail the program. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever ever heard those last two. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure somebody has said it, you know, but sure. like that's not like anything I ever that's hear. That's not typical. And also because it's governed by like a board, like no one person, like it's adaptable. In Alcoholics Anonymous, I think they're on their like fourth or fifth version of the big book and things like change. Like right now they're changing their genders in the literature to make it more conformative inclusive, yeah. and inclusive to everybody. I think they're going the they them route and doing more of that kind of stuff. We should yeah. all be going that they them route. Yeah, it, it, I know. Yeah, yeah. I hear it's a beautiful drive. Yeah. <laughs> I would normally think that phrases are culty if you're trying to keep someone in a cult. Yeah. But I almost feel like the phrases are more innocent. They're so generic that they could really apply to That's anything. It's literally like literally the cultiest love. thing about them, though. That is because, generic because you can, because they're like really vague and lofty and emotionally loaded, and so you can just like project whatever you want onto them. You can them. project whatever you want. Which is kind of why it works. Or you yeah. can perceive, yeah. yeah. Or you can perceive well, whatever also, you want. Also, I read shit tons of like anything that's like self-helpy i love anything self-help you are really in like so many of these live your life to watch your back level cults that we love so much uh, yeah, yeah. stoic philosophy all day every I day i love stoicism yeah i'm a huge stoicism guy anyway there's this book building better habits maybe anyway in that they do scientific research on why 12-step programs work and it literally boils down to do you believe this can work for you and the people who do believe that it can work for them it works that's fine with me. I let it. You know what I mean? I don't need to be like, question. Like, it works. So why the fuck do, would I fuck with it? Yeah, because yeah, like you, you don't care that it's placebo. I don't give a shit what it is. It makes me a better person. I show up for other people. I meditate. I pray. I like do shit I never would have did before. I'm not out until six in the morning fucking strangers. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's so much left up to the individual of like you being like, I want the help. Like you choosing yeah. to go in every time. It's like, you can't force someone to get sober. Yeah. I actually think it's a lot easier to get someone to keep drinking. Like our whole society is set up for people in the cult of alcohol, you know? Like you drink when you're sad, you drink when you're celebrating, you drink when you're bored. Like drinking culture is the actual death cult here if you think about it. This is a culty one. People who stay in the middle of the pack don't get picked off. What does that mean? <laughs> so oh. if you stay in the center of a 12-step program, you're less likely to fall off the sides and go out and get drunk because oh. you're like involved. Like if you do, if you go to a rehab center and talk to people who are in rehab, if you go to a, a mental institution and talk to people or a prison, or if you have a commitment where you make the coffee, if you, you know, work, volunteer at a phone line, you know what I mean? If uh -huh. you sponsor other people. That if one you is have, culty because it's kind of getting people to get more involved. A hundred percent. But even yeah. though it's better for them. Yeah. And and, it's and still... also it's like it teaches you, like I was saying earlier, how not to be self-centered. Yeah. To me, that's the best thing I've gotten yeah. from Yeah. I just keep picturing you being like, and then there's the chip that they put in my arm to track me, <laughs> but it's no big deal. That they only happens they, after three months. I mean, they don't get the fucking money for that. Yeah. <laughs> so truly. Do you think that you were able to get there because you like had all of those experiences that like led you and now you can be like well i had my fun i do not regret my p past or wish to shut the door on it is okay. one of those sayings oh where my it's god like, it's truly like bible verses yeah where it's yeah. like i don't regret any Peace of that um, it gives me the experience to share with other people to relate to other people who've been through hard shit who like do drugs do you think and drink that that's a barrier to entry though because like some like to no, I know have people, to have gone through cr like no, I've, never, I've fucking never crashed a car in my life i never got a dui yeah Technically, on paper, I'm what some people might consider a low-bottom drunk, outside of the fact that, like, I would stay out and drink until 4 or 5 in the morning. My friend, too, got sober fairly young, and you could argue that she's not, like, a real alcoholic, but nobody does argue that. Yeah, if you feel like you're supposed to be there, then you're welcome. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's cool. no... I need a safe space, and it sounds like... Yeah, 12 step programs are we really should go. it's actually fun they actually have one at yeah. a place where i go to an open mic also but it's like also an a yeah <laughs> i know so that place. You know that? yeah tropical yeah i accidentally <laughs> almost walked in on the meeting and nobody because i thought cared. it was an open they mic just been like oh, you're late one of the best things of advice is before i got sober somebody i know 
I told him I was thinking about putting drugs and alcohol. And he was like, just go to a meeting and you'll know if you're supposed to be there. And I sat down, first person was talking, I was like, oh, I do that. Second person was talking, third person was talking, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm supposed to be here. It was relieving because I got to learn that there were people like me who had a similar problem and there was a solution. That reminds me of like when I started to realize I was like gay. <laughs> I was like, when you're like other gay women talk about how, what they thought about other women. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I think that too. <laughs> yeah. You know? so, yeah. The, so the first Community. Meeting, and here's yeah. the other thing too. They teach you in 12-step programs to listen for the similarities, not the differences. So yeah. the first meeting I ever went to was an LGBTQ meeting. Okay. And I'm none of those things. I'm a sh- cis, straight, white dude. But like I was able to hear the similarities and be like, oh, I also do that. And it was like dope. And that became my first like home group mm-hmm. where I would go every week. And it was all these like fucking cool, young 20 year old, like gay and trans and like hip New York City kids. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is fucking cool. Like it was a great way to like replace my alcoholic bar f- fly friends who I was drinking with until five, six in the morning. Yeah. At like Mona's in fucking Alphabet City mm-hmm. with like a bunch of people who also fucking partied like at like crazy people and still went out and did fun shit yeah like that's the other thing too i think a lot of people think like when they get sober they think their life's like fucking over i i'm going to copenhagen in a couple weeks to do stand up i'm like yeah yeah, like you can still have fun people in recovery do lots of fun shit yeah i go out all the time people play there's fucking softball me and a bunch of people play bocce (laughs) ball like you know what i mean like Catan, settlers of Catan. (laughs) there's all the anything you're into there are also a group of sober people who also do that thing So we're going to list some 12-step terminology and ask you to define these like culty in-group terms for us. Sounds great. What is halting? Uh, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Wait, am I so halting right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love yeah, that so phrase. You think to yourself, are you any of these things? And you kind of take care of it before you like if go get start doing drugs or drink or... Oh, something wow. like that or if you're just in a like why the fuck am i in a bad mood also another good one that goes with halt is i can restart my day at any point oh uh, see these are good lessons yeah i feel like these are good yeah. life lessons like i like halt is just something that you can do before you like lash out at a friend yeah yeah like instead yeah, of restraint of pen and tongue yeah before you like send a text send or a like text yell or at something someone. like that you fucking think about what you're about to send instead of just reacting and it's like the more time you're sober the more time that you have like pause before yeah. you like just react you're not acting just on fucking adrenaline and instinct yeah. yeah so we mentioned this next one a couple times the big book the main literature of alcoholics anonymous is called the big book of alcoholics anonymous which was written by a guy named bill wilson and another guy named dr bob who were the people who founded alcoholics anonymous and originally alcoholics anonymous had a hundred members when they wrote the book and okay. it was 99 dudes and one lady of course. Yeah. And of you re- course. Well, and the demographics of AA we were looking are still pretty male and pretty white. I don't think those are correct. Oh, really? In my personal opinion, in 12-step stuff, like 12-step meetings I've gone to are pretty 50-50. It might be because we live up on in these coastal cities. That's true, That's too. That's true. But from my opinion of, oh, well, I've been to them everywhere. I mean, so it's kind of hard I, to get like a pulse on it, right? Cause it's yeah, because it's an anonymous thing. That's so true. So like, I feel like those numbers don't truly It's reflect. hard to gather that data. Yeah. I feel like also due to the patriarchy, like everything is inherently like initially male dominated, but because yeah. like women got rights, got to go to college in the 70s. Like like, I said. We can be addicts too. Yeah, yeah like, We started going to college. UVA didn't accept women until 1972. Is that psychotic? So like we don't have the opportunity to be alcoholic. Here's another thing. A thing that makes 12-step programs less culty is they are big on outside help. Oh, huge point. It said like, this isn't therapy. We're not your therapist. Uh, Your sponsor's not your therapist. We are, and they're pro-pharmological. If your doctor says that you need to be on psych meds, it's pro. Yeah, that's, that's a very important key point. And I feel like that point relates to the fact that like the whole thing isn't monetized. Like it really yeah, is, there is like no there's money. no central figure. There's no money. There's no. I mean, there's central office and every meeting is self-supporting. So you pay the own rent for your meeting. And most of them are at like churches. So the rents will be like 50 bucks, 75 bucks mm-hmm. a month. And everyone kicks a buck or two bucks into a basket mm-hmm. that all gets pulled together at the end of the month. They pay rent. 
the extra money, they might buy like some coffee, donuts, mm-hmm. shit like but that. But if you're too poor, you don't have to. Need you more than we need your money. Yeah, that's yeah. great. There you go. Okay, this next term, I kind of want to like tattoo on me because it's cool sounding. What does terminally unique mean? Everyone thinks that they're the only person with their problem. Oh, I don't want to tattoo that on myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, I, but so I hate those like kinds of people. So you walk in and someone's like, oh, I'm the only person who's ever gone through this. And then you're in a, in a 12-step meeting and then someone's just going to be like, oh, I've done that. I've been there. A lot of it too is like all these things that you're beating yourself up about yourself yeah. up. You're like, I'm a piece of shit because I did this thing. And then you meet like an old person, like you meet some like lady in her 70s who's like laughing at you while you're saying that. And she's like, yeah, I did that. I drove fucking drunk into a lake and I'm still here and I'm not a piece of, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. You learn that like all these things that you think make you a fucking special little snowflake, everybody else is kind of done too and it's not a big deal and you're not a big piece of shit. It's yeah. humbling. It's yeah. humbling to realize you're not terminally unique. So at the end of every episode of Sounds Like a Cult, Great. we always ask the final verdict. Uh, the cults of 12-step programs, do you think it's a live your life, a watch your back, or a get the fuck out level cult? I think it would be a live your life because it's a program about how to live your life. <laughs> oh, actually, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Everything that you've been saying has been like gearing towards live your life for sure, but I didn't think about it in like literally it's telling you how to live your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, uh, all cults are trying to tell you how to live yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I will say this, like one of the things in it, and it's a very early thing in like 12-step literature is like you're supposed to wear it like a loose garment. Uh-huh. Mm. You're not supposed to like... It's not Wear a like sh- a straitjacket. Yeah, it's not a straitjacket. It's like something that you put on and you do in your life and you, you know, carry throughout your life, like hopefully a spirituality and like you change for the better. I would just say from my perspective, and I'm an outsider, you're an insider, yeah, 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 and we all come sure. to it with our own bias, but I would say it is a soft watcher back just because sobriety is so loaded. And I think yeah. some of the relationships for certain people could be um, so intimate i just know people for whom aa has completely taken over their entire identity their entire personality their entire like the way that they spend their life their sense of community it's like in a way drawn them away from their family even people who were good for them and that's just that has a lot to do with who they are yeah for sure uh one thing i will say that i kind of forgot to mention is a lot of it unlike most cults isn't about cutting you off from your family a big part of like 12-step programs is about like reuniting families and getting people to like be better parents or better children and stuff like that i know from my personal experience since i've gotten sober i'm definitely closer with my family now than i was nine years ago wow but i do think at the end of the day because sobriety and addiction and these topics are can make one so vulnerable i would say it is a borderline watcher back yeah i do think it's a live your life what i would say is a watch your back is someone who is trying to go sober in any capacity i feel like they're in such a vulnerable place yeah that it's like more so that person should be watching their back because no matter what they're doing yeah no matter what they're doing or what group they're joining or what hobby they want to get into because they're in like such a vulnerable place they're an addict yeah yeah Yeah. and especially in the moment that you're trying to quit it's like that's when you're going to be like the most sensitive so i will also say this that there are no hard and fast rules there are only suggestions in the programs uh but one of the things is especially because when people are coming in new they are pretty vulnerable there are things like the men stick with the men and the women stick with the women and Uh, that uh, mm. your sponsor is always going to be somebody of a gender or the gender you just assign yourself kind of thing Uh, and things like that where it's like and you're not supposed to like date in the first six months so that you're not like just switching from say if you're quitting using drugs and alcohol to like using sex yeah yeah yeah, I learned that from the show Single Drunk Female on Hulu. Great show Such with a Garrick good show. Bernard. Yeah, another Got funny comedian. Got a second comedian. season for Garrick. I'm very <laughs> proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Garrick and me wrote together for Will Smith for a long time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, he's great in the show, and like they, and he's like the love interest, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're not supposed to date for like a year. No, but that is fascinating. It's like you could replace alcohol with really anything: coffee, liquid Fucking death, cake. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, you think it's a live your life, and uh, I would agree. I just think, you know, if you're an addict and 
you should watch your back always, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Before we wrap up the episode, you mentioned a little bit about your comedy in the beginning, but if people want to follow you oh, yeah. or uh, watch your stuff, where can they find you? Uh, you can watch my special on All Things Comedy's YouTube channel. It's my whole hour specials up there for free to watch. It's called People Make Mistakes. Oh, love yeah. that. So yeah. apropos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, my Instagram is at the JF Harris. JF is like the initials. If you don't have the time to watch a full special, I usually put up a clip every day or two uh with jokes from the special right now until yeah. i burn through that and then i'll shoot another special yeah <laughs> amazing thank you so much for being here and having this conversation yeah, with us for sure. I, it also yeah. just occurred to me that like if if 12-step programs were a get the fuck out or even a hardcore watch your back there's no way you would have suggested it <laughs> yeah oh yeah no because you were I like you were like, like oh we should totally do this yeah. <laughs> Look, if this helps one person who feels like they need it, that's why I'm here. Anybody who is listening to this, if you don't have a problem with drugs or alcohol, but you have someone in your life who does, there's another program, a sister program. It's called Al-Anon. And that program is for people who have to deal with addicts and alcoholics in their lives. So you can go there and get tools to learn how to just deal with the hardship of being surrounded by a fucking crazy alcoholic it can be yeah. a mind fuck yeah well that's our show thanks for listening we'll be back with a new cult next week but in the meantime stay culty but not too culty <laughs>Like a Cult is created, hosted, and produced by Amanda Montel and Issa Medina. Kate Elizabeth is our editor. Our podcast studio is All Things Comedy, and our theme music is by Casey Kolb. Thank you to our intern slash production assistant, Noemi Griffin. Subscribe to Sounds Like a Cult wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. And if you like our show, feel free to give us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash soundslikeacult. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry. That's the car I drove growing up, and I couldn't have asked for a more reliable vehicle. Built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats, ooh la la, and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.